Growing up, uh, we had a very eccentric neighbor by the name of Ann. She was very kind and very loving, but woo! I mean, she was out there. Uh, I'll never forget coming into her house one time when she was holding this. And we can all go, oh, look at the little piggy. I mean, the little piggy's so cute and tiny and cuddly. And everything seems so wonderful about the little pig. The only problem is, is that the little pig didn't stay little. The little pig grew. And Anne actually named the pig uh, Priscilla. And Priscilla became a part of the family. But Priscilla eventually became over 300 pounds. And when she became that big... Uh, they said, we've got to do something with her. So they actually bought a crib, cut off the legs, put it on its side, and put a pillow and a blanket inside of it. And Priscilla was a part of the family. But again, Priscilla didn't even stay 300 pounds. She started getting close to 400 pounds. And when this happened, whenever you would walk into the house, she would start rooting at your leg. And this snot, sloppy kid, uh, their kid, Priscilla, uh, this pig was all over. And it would start rooting around into people's purses, and it just became a nuisance. And finally, uh, it got to the point where she got so aggressive, she started knocking over furniture and everything all over the place to where they couldn't keep her inside the house anymore. But they said, even though we need to do something different, she's still a part of our family. So they built a house outside and put a fence around it. But eventually, even that became too much work. And there were just way too many kind of people that uh, were having to work with Priscilla to the point that they had to give Priscilla to a farmer. And then we know Priscilla became bacon on your breakfast table. Okay. And that was it. Now, some of you might be thinking right now, now, what does this pig story have to do with Jesus? Like, that's why we came today. So what I would like to do right now is explain that to you because Jesus actually talked about pigs. One day he said these words, do not give what is sacred to dogs. Do not cast your pearls before what? Pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and take a bite out of you. Now, Sometimes uh, I have heard this teaching kind of taught in such a way that the pastor would stand up and say something like this. Some people are pigs. And then they would go on to this big soliloquy of saying that some people, unlike all of you who are at church today, or unlike all of you that are on the stream right now, I mean, not you people. But the people who are not very religious, they are evil people. And they're so evil that they cannot appreciate what is sacred 
and holy. But all of you, all of you, all of you that are on the stream right now, all of you in the balcony, all of you have pearls. Pearls of wisdom, pearls of truth, pearls of advice, pearls that you could really straighten out some of these other people if only they would receive it. But those people won't because they are spiritual losers. So don't waste your time on those kind of people. They're just not worth it. And so I had heard this message multiple different times, and then all of a sudden it hit me one day, that's not what Jesus is saying here. That's not what he's saying at all. Here in these verses, Jesus is not saying that there are some people who are pigs and dogs, and they are not worthy of great pearls. In fact, nobody taught or modeled the worth and dignity of every human being more than Jesus. Jesus just clearly said this. He said, love people. All people. Because all people matter to God. Love people. All people. Because all people matter to God. Good people, bad people, wise people, unwise people, and yes, even those pigs, we are to love them all because they all matter to God. Now, the problem with giving a pig like Priscilla a pearl is not that she's not worthy of a pearl, The problem is, is that a pearl will not help a pig. I mean, even though Priscilla was a part of Anne's family, she never had any pearls. Because if she would have had a pearl, she would have destroyed it, she would have ate it, she would have done something. I mean, very few pigs wear pearls except this one. And who is that? Miss Piggy can sport some pearls. Now, I don't know where you go from Miss Piggy to Jesus, but this is where we're going now. Jesus' words here is that Jesus is not talking about people as pigs. He's not referring to that, but he's actually getting to a much deeper kind of problem That we find in relationships. You see, sometimes you and I, we have this pearl. And we think to ourselves, it is so wonderful. It is so amazing. If we would just be able to give this pearl to another person, it would help them out so much. And so, what you're tempted to do is to force that pearl on to the person. You're tempted to do that. So let me ask you this morning. Have you ever forced your opinion on another person? Have you ever kind of had that experience where you pushed another person with your advice, that you pushed them so far... That they walked away. 
Have you ever had the experience where you were sharing Jesus with somebody who didn't know about Jesus, but you pushed to a point that you actually turned them away from God? Folks, all of us have done this. Because the problem is, you see, a pearl will not nourish a pig. And yet, nourishment is what a pig is looking for. Because what you will find is that a pig always wants food, but they want to be able to go to the trough at their time, in their way, how they would do it. I mean, if you put a whole bunch of slop into a trough, you'll have a happy little piggy. But if you take a whole bunch of pearls and you just put it in there, you're going to have a mean piggy. And they'll become resentful. And Jesus actually said that if you press your pearls enough, what will happen is they will actually take a bite out of you. Now, when this happens, this is our first response. You ungrateful little piggy. I mean, I had this wisdom for you. I had this knowledge for you. And you did not take it. You are a bad pig. Don't you see that I have these pearls of wisdom? Just take it. Folks, I'm telling you, every time that you force your kind of advice or opinion on another one who is a pig, they won't take it at all. Now, in looking at this verse, what's important is to understand that in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most important kind of teaching, it's important to understand kind of the larger context or background that's here. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking about the ways in which people relate wrongly with one another. They relate in the wrong ways of relating to people. Now, Two weeks ago, we talked about one of those. Jesus said, do not judge. Thou shalt not judge. Last week, we had this great big giant two by four, and it was an illustration in which Jesus' words were, before you look at the speck in someone else's eye, take care of the plank in your own eye. And if you missed either of these teachings, you can go ahead and you can go to thejar.org and you can check them out. But today, this is what Jesus says to us. He says, do not throw your pearls to pigs. Again, he is talking about how we wrongly relate to others. Especially how religious people many times can get stuck in this trap. So for the rest of our time, what I want to talk about is what I call pearl pushing. Pearl pushing, if you want to write it down or put it on your phone. This is when you're trying to push your pearls, your wisdom, your advice, your kind of superior knowledge on another person, even though they don't want it. Even when it's not going to be helpful to them at all. We just have this temptation that it's important to me, so I'll push it on to them. Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament and is considered one of Jesus' closest friends uh, and followers, said this. Let us therefore, and what's the next word? Stop. 
Let us therefore stop turning critical eyes on one another. Folks, that's what pearl pushers do. Pearl pushers take it upon themselves to correct everybody else that is around them because they can see the wrong in those other people. You know, if you think about it, if you look for flaws in another person, guess what? You're going to find flaws. Guaranteed. If you kind of look for or you seek faults in another person, you will be successful. You'll find it. And you will go through your whole life kind of wondering, why is it that no one wants to be around me? Because people will only take your pearls so long until finally they're like, you know what, every time I'm around that person, it's about looking at my faults, my flaws, I'd rather not do that. And the problem with many of us is that we have become pearl pushers. You know, the pearl pushers, what they tend to do is they tend to have kind of a tone of superiority. And you know what I've found is that pigs have a pretty sensitive radar. Uh, Pigs generally notice when you start coming across in a superior type of way. So here is our big idea this morning, and you can go ahead and fill it in on the app. If the pig isn't ready for your pearl, don't push your pearl. If the pig isn't ready for your pearl, don't push the pearl. Uh, You know, when you love somebody, people will say this. Well, if you love somebody, it's important to know what to say. It's important to know when to say it. But I think what's most important is this. What not to say. Like, What's more important than what you're going to say or when you're going to say it is what not to say to a person. That shows incredible love. I'll never forget a woman that uh, was in the first church that uh, I pastored. I actually pastored in Carroll County. So all of you in Carroll County watching, hello. Uh, But in Carroll County, they have more pigs than people. And uh, this lady... Uh, was a wonderful Christian woman. Uh, she was at church all the time. She was serving, which is good things. You should be at church. You should serve. You should do these kind of things. Be a part of a small group. Uh, be a part of Celebrate Recovery. Uh, all of these things will help you to grow. And she was a part of all these things. And she loved her husband. And she wanted her husband to come to Christ. The problem was, is that her husband was... Not so much for that. He wasn't really open to this whole kind of Jesus thing. But she had this spiritual pearl that she wanted to place on him so much that she would always kind of recommend things to him. She would say, well, you need to go to this conference. You need to read this book. You need to go to church. You need to do this. And I'll never forget uh, a couple of times 
we had this thing called joys and concerns where the church was small enough, everybody knew each other. So whenever you had a joy or a concern, you just stand up and share it. And then everybody else would know what it is. And she stood up one time and she said, well, you all know that my husband is going to hell anyway. And I just need you to pray for his soul. And I'm up here like with this pulpit and watching this. I'm like, oh, that's not good. And then one time they invited me to have dinner with them. And I sat down and she got ready to pray. And this is, honest to God, this is what came out of her mouth. Oh, Lord, be with my husband who's going to hell. Try to save his soul. And all of a sudden I'm like, And what she was basically saying was, have another pearl, have another pearl, have another pearl, have another pearl. And you could tell this pig was not happy. But she just kept going and going and going and going. Now, time out here just for a second. If you're ever sharing your faith with another person, you're sharing about what Christ means to you, and all of a sudden they stop looking at you, and their head's like going around like this, or they stop nodding and like engaging. If, uh, you know, there's kind of no more questions coming your way. If the pig is not oinking anymore, folks, just stop. That's what you should do. Stop. In fact... I want us all to say it together because all of us need to remember this. When this happens to us, what are we supposed to do? Stop talking. Let's say it again. Stop talking. Like no matter what you think about your pearl that you should give to them, when you get that kind of perspective, you stop talking. Stop pushing your pearl And start watching the pig. Now, folks, the truth is, pearl pushing can happen not just when you're sharing your faith, but it can happen in your marriage as well, can it? All of a sudden you have some advice, you're like, well, they need to take it, and so you kind of push the pearl. Or it can happen in friendships. It can happen in the workplace. It can happen at church. But where I think pearl pushing probably does its greatest amount of damage is between parents and children. More than anywhere else, where I see the damage come is between parents and children. You know, when our girls were first born, I was um, just overwhelmed by the fact that, man... Like God placed this little baby in my hands and and now all of a sudden I needed to watch every part of her life, every moment. And we tried to control everything. We controlled what they ate, what they wore, where they went, who they saw, what they heard, when they went to sleep. Because I knew if it was up to us and not kind of controlling things enough that we would mess them up. Well, we still messed them up, okay? But anyways, we did our best. Because it is a heavy weight when you first become a parent, and it continues throughout their life. In fact, I think there's only one thing harder 
than being in control of your child's life. Do you know what it is? Not being in control of your child's life. Like the hardest thing that there is, is not being in control of your child's life. I'll never forget the very first day of kindergarten uh, for my oldest daughter, Jordan. We were driving our car and we pulled up to the school. And they had this long sidewalk that went up to this intimidating building called Mitchell Elementary School. And we walked up to these big doors and we walked inside. And then we had to take a left and we went down this long hallway until we got to Mrs. Johnson's room. And when we walked into Mrs. Johnson's room, we're holding hands together. They have a little uh, desk and chair just for Jordan. And they had a a coloring uh, kind of page and some uh, crayons to color with. And so she starts coloring and I look at her while she's coloring. Stay within the lines, kid. Stay within the lines. And she did such a great job because I knew this. She would be the best coloring kindergartner there was. And so she kept it within the lines and everything's going well. And she kind of looks up at me and I look down at her and we both smile at one another and all is going well. And she looked up again and she smiled. And then all of a sudden I started bawling. I mean, huge crocodile tears. And all of a sudden these thoughts come rushing through my mind. I'm leaving her alone for the very first time. How is she going to survive? And you know, her daddy is not going to be there. And I'm bawling and I'm crying when all of a sudden I get this tap on my shoulder and it's Mrs. Johnson. And she went ahead and she looked at me and she said this, Mr. Bunch, You are upsetting the rest of the children. You need to leave. (laughs) Folks, parenting is hard. Amen? Yeah. Especially when you no longer have control. And if we're not careful, what will happen is to try to gain control, we will place unrealistic expectations and worry onto our children. We can find ourselves regularly saying, color inside the lines, sit up straight, clean your room, make sure that you get your homework done. And for helicopter parents, if you're not getting your homework done, let me do it for you so it's better. And then we say things like this, why aren't you more like this, or why can't you do this, or why won't you do this, why do you disappoint me? And most parents would say, well, I would never say that, but this is the strange thing about those little pigs. They have a very sensitive radar, and even when you don't say it, they hear it. And they feel it. Now, the one thing that is true about everybody who's in this auditorium today and everybody who's watching online is this. We all have parents. Every single one of us have parents. But here's the question. How many of you really wish your parents would have given you one more lecture? 
How many? Just raise your hand. One more lecture I wish I could have. Yeah, a lady in the first celebration, she raised her hand. And why do we call people who raise their hands on that? Liars. None of us want one more lecture. Now, the point of Jesus' teaching here on the pearl and the pig is this. It is not don't confront. It's not don't set boundaries. It's not don't enforce consequences. But Jesus' whole point is this. That don't force your wisdom on a non-receptive person. Don't push your pearl. Don't press it on them. Folks, this is the truth. You cannot control any other human being. You cannot make sure that a human being turns right or left. You eventually have to let that person go and give some space for God to actually work. You know, maybe nothing is more painful for a parent than to know that you've got this great treasure that you could give to your child. But every time you try, they reject it. And I'm just telling you, it will never help you, parents, if you try to force that pearl of wisdom on them. And so you might be asking, well, what am I supposed to do? You do this. You choose to love them regardless of whether or not they love God. And you pray and you pray and you pray for their good. Because this is the truth about every single one of your kids, including my two. Their story has not been fully written yet. And God loves your children more than you ever would. And God's heart breaks in a greater way than your heart does. So you can release your child up to God and allow Him to care for them. And you simply choose to stop being a pearl pusher. I'd like to kind of close by having you listen to a story. It's a story that is one in which it talks about the importance of stopping the critical eye. It's a story about choosing not to force your pearls on another person. It's a story about a fifth grader by the name of Mrs. Thompson and a fifth grade boy that she did not like. His name was Teddy Stollard. Teddy did not play well with the other children. His clothes were always messy, kind of aloof. He was just unpleasant to be around of, kind of disruptive, kind of unproductive within the classroom. It got to the point where she kind of took great delight in taking a red pen and marking all over his paper so that he would know he was wrong and he wasn't doing well. And any time that she did this, she actually felt kind of good inside. It wasn't until halfway through the year 
when she started reviewing his files that she learned the real story. You see, folks, this is the truth. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. The problem is, is many times we choose not to listen to the full story. So as she's looking through these files, his first grade teacher wrote this. Teddy is a bright child with a ready laugh. He is a joy to be around. His second grade teacher wrote this. Teddy is an excellent student, well liked by his classmates, but he is troubled because his mom is sick. Life at home is a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote this. Teddy's mother's death has been hard for him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote this. Teddy is withdrawn. He does not show much interest in school. By now... Mrs. Thompson had realized the problem, and she became ashamed of herself. She felt even worse when one Christmas, all of the other children bought presents for her that were wrapped in ribbons and bright, shiny paper, every student except Teddy's. Teddy brought her a present, but it was kind of clumsily wrapped in this brown paper bag that he had cut out and tried to wrap around. And Mrs. Thompson wanted to be very clear and careful not to open it separately from the rest of the children. And so she put it in the middle with all the other presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she opened up his gift, she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle of perfume that was a quarter missing and it was very cheap. She stifled the children's laughter and then exclaimed to the children that this was an important gift. And she put the bracelet on her wrist and she dabbed the perfume on her neck. Teddy Stollard stayed after school that day just long enough to tell Mrs. Thompson this. Today you smelled like my mom. You smelled just like she used to. And the bracelet looked really pretty on your wrist. Thanks for wearing it. After all the children left, Mrs. Thompson began to cry for a half hour. On that very day, she decided that she would stop teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic and instead began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson paid particular attention to Teddy for the rest of the day. And then every day after that, she worked with him, built him up, encouraged him. And the more that she did that, the more that he believed that he could learn and the faster he responded. By the end of the year, Teddy was actually one of the best students. Six years later, she got a note from Teddy. He wrote that he had just finished high school and he was second in his class. Four years after that, she got another letter from him saying that 
he had gone through some tough times, but he soon would be graduating with highest honors. Then four more years passed, and eventually another letter came. This time, the letter was signed, Theodore F. Stollard, M.D. He told her that he had met a girl and that they were getting married. He asked Mrs. Thompson if she would come and sit in the place where his mom would have sat. And she said she would. And when she sat down, she was wearing that bracelet and she was wearing the perfume. At the end of the wedding, Teddy went up and said, thank you so much. You were the best teacher that I ever had. And then she stopped him and said, no, 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 no. You taught me more than I ever taught you. You know, I think the reason why that story touches so many lives is because each and every day we forget that we have a choice of what we see with our eyes. And we can have judgmental eyes or we can have eyes of love. The choice is always up to us. Folks, I don't know about you, but I think the world is kind of tired of Christians trying to push their pearls onto other people. I I kind of think that what the world really desires is not pearl pushers, but what I call come-alongsiders, that people would actually just walk alongside other people and that they would give them hope and they would give them healing and they would give them encouragement and they would give them love and they would give them second chances and they would give them forgiveness. This is the kind of world that Christ desired. So this week, This is what I want to say. No pearl pushing. No judging. No condemning. No superiority. No blaming. No comparing. And this is what I think. That if you and I would take this to heart, and with every person we relate with this week, every person that comes in our path, if we would just be willing to pray a little prayer before we do that and say, God, this person in front of me, would you help me to see them the way that you see them? Would you help me to think about them the way that you think about them? Would you help me to feel about them the way that you feel about them? And I just believe that if you and I did that, a little bit of the kingdom of heaven would come from up there down to here. And then it would flow through us into them. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you so much that you have never been a pearl pusher to us. We thank you that you're always patient with us, that you give us time and you draw us closer to you when 
we choose you. And God, I pray right now that you would give us the strength not to be a pearl pusher to anyone in our life this week. Help us not to be critical of the people that come in front of us, but to be encouraging. Now, maybe some of you are watching right now, and the truth is, is that you've been a pearl pusher to your spouse, to a co-worker, to a neighbor. Maybe some of you are sitting here this morning, and the truth is, you've been a pearl pusher maybe to your kids, and you've finally come to the point where you're like, man, I, I want to change that in my life. So if you would, I'd like you to just take a moment and to ask God, God, is there anyone that I've been a pearl pusher towards? Is there anyone that I've been just kind of forcing my opinion on? And if there's a name, if there's a face that comes, maybe this week you might say, you know what? I'm going to seek their forgiveness. If it's safe, maybe you tell them face to face. If not, maybe you say something on a phone. But apologize. If you've been a pearl pusher, the first step to overcoming it is to apologize and to seek forgiveness. God, would you help us this week? Not to be pearl pushers or judgers or condemners, but to be kind and loving and accepting of the people that you place in front of us. Now, maybe you're sitting here this morning or maybe you're on the live stream. And the truth is, you're like, you know what? I've never had a teacher. I've never had a parent. I've never had anyone come walk alongside me like Teddy Stollard did. And I've just always kind of felt like I'm second, third, fourth, fifth place. I don't even make the team. I'm not worthy to really have a relationship with God. And if you kind of have that thinking in your life where you have those thoughts that there's no way God would want to do anything with me. There's no way he'd want a relationship with me. I want you to know that you're wrong. God is thinking of you every single moment. You have a great teacher, a teacher from the deepest part of the universe, from the highest point of heaven, who has created everything, and he knows you, and he loves you, and he desires to have a relationship with you. And so if you're like, I need that in my life. I need someone who's going to walk beside me and encourage me and never leave me. Jesus longs to be that person for you. And so the God of the universe reaches down now and he says, would you do that? And if you're ready to say, I need your love. I need your grace. I need a second chance. I need you to accept me just like Teddy was. If that's you right now, I invite you to share this prayer. And as you share this prayer, you don't pray it alone, but we pray it all together. And I just invite you to repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Change me. 
Make me brand new. I believe you died for me and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. I give my life to you. I belong to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the kingdom of God. If you're on the stream, if you would, just go ahead and uh, tap that raise hand button and someone will get with you. Or you can go to accept uh, uh, the uh, accept. Just go. It's on the screen. Just check it out. Uh, but check that out and uh, there'd be a host there to care for you. If you'd like prayer for anything, uh, let one of our hosts know. They would love to pray with you as well. If any of you uh, said that prayer for the first time when you walked through the doors uh, at our guest connection, we have a gift for you. If you need prayer for anything, in the back right-hand corner, there's kind of a private place for you to get some prayer and to receive that. Now, in just a moment, our greeters will come and they will kind of dismiss you by road. Just stay tight uh, where you're at for right now. We want to do this in a safe, kind of healthy way. When you walk through the doors, there will actually be some offering boxes that are there. That little connect card, if you want to place that in there, you can. Those of you that are online, you can uh, let us know that you're there by just getting to our app and and letting us know that you're there as well. And so uh, if you would... Uh, you can just drop that card off. Also, uh, if you have an offering today you'd like to financially give, you can place that in the box as well. We want to practice social distancing safely. So as you walk out, if you walk across uh, the road to the other side, uh, that'll be great. So this week, don't be a pearl pusher, but be an encourager to those around you and know that you are loved in this place. Have a great week, everybody.